1: And we know what that means. Time uh, once again to uh, get some uh, issues taken care of. If you have any problems with your car, your truck, your van, you want to know before you bring it in for service what could be ailing. Why don't you call or text Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in Saint Paul. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Denny. How are things? How is your week at Lloyd's Automotive? You guys are you're usually busy. I know. Well, you. And then you ramp it up with uh, some
0: <laughs> significant the first significant warm spell, and uh, and it uh, steps it up even to the next level.
1: Did, did you? Uh, are you aware of any uh, folks coming in with uh, AC issues?
0: I am aware of people coming in with AC. <laughs> there was plenty of them and snow tires, and and uh, and just generally, you know, the first time you roll the windows down and drive around, you. Uh, have a tendency to hear squeaks and bumps and rattles that you haven't heard before, so uh, that stuff all shows up too when the when the weather turns finally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What what is you as far as air conditioning in vehicles? What what is usually the issue? It's just, just a small leak usually.
0: Yeah, most commonly the refrigerant gas has uh, leaked down a little bit, and uh, the system is smart enough to shut itself off when the when the gas gets low, and you know so. Our goal is always to fill it up and find the leak, but oftentimes if it takes several years for it to leak down, uh, the leaks are undetectable. And so uh, that happens from time to time. So we don't always get to repair the leak, but we at least get to make the air conditioner work again by filling it back up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have a question about your uh, your car, your truck, your van, uh, just keep in mind Dan will take his leave here. He leaves us about 745, so our time is limited, but we'd love to hear from you either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226, with any kind of a car care question you may have. A uh, texter said, wrote this in uh, earlier this morning. Uh, Dan, uh, is it w- usually w- you get what you pay for as far as wiper blades are concerned? We haven't talked about wiper blades for a while. Well, it's appropriate today, isn't
0: it? it uh, yes, it is. It's starting yeah. out that way, but uh, yes, I think that that's probably true. You get what you pay for, and um, you know, wiper blades are one of those things that it's easy to forget about. You only think about it when you're using them, and uh, but when they when when you put new wiper blades blades on and especially like at night when the when the uh, headlights are coming at you and you don't have that haze on your window because the wiper blades are doing a good job and taking all of the water away it makes a big difference and especially at my age where uh i need more light anyway uh that the the uh uh wiper blades really make a big difference especially at night
1: haven't replaced them for a while, but I did buy a certain brand. And well, the the good ones, and maybe there are many good ones. They're not cheap. Good ones. Do you, do you know what,
0: Danny? Uh, not so long ago, <laughs> earlier earlier in my career, there was only two different styles of wiper blades. You know, they came in different lengths, but there was yeah. only two different ways to mount them on the car. And now there's, of course. 30 or 40 different styles of you know different styles different lengths different mountings different everything uh so it's a it's hard for us to inventory them anymore because there are so many different wiper blades so if you are trying to shop for them yourself make sure you be careful about what you're getting because uh if you get the wrong ones they won't work
1: yeah yeah definitely and read the directions yeah, it sure. took me a while, while to do that. That's for always a good idea, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. For anything. Texter says this, Dan just came in, swapped out my snow tires last week. I assume that doesn't mean an alignment was done. And I and should I schedule that with my next oil change appointment? Well, that's one of the things that I would check. We
0: would at Lloyd's would check when we swap out your tire. If we notice that the tires that there's a pattern on the tires where the tires are not wearing smoothly all the way across that's an indication for an alignment certainly with the potholes maybe just a routine alignment would be a good idea to be sure everything is still straight but the indicators would be if the tires are not wearing uh, evenly all the way across the tire if the steering wheel is no longer straight tires are not wearing uh, evenly all the way across the tire if the steering wheel is no longer straight if it's, uh, if it's pitched one direction or the other, or when you're driving down the road, does the car want to veer to the left or to the right consistently? So if you have any of those symptoms, then for sure you want an alignment, but, uh, but I think with the way the roads have been, to just routinely do alignment is maybe a good idea too.
1: Huh, interesting. I know we have to take a break, and I should should have asked you this before, but at Lloyd's, uh, and given all these potholes, some of them major, what are some of the worst cases you've seen? What kind of damage have you seen? I mean, really oh. bad stuff in your career.
0: <laughs> you know, some of the potholes are uh, deep enough and problematic enough, to where they've done body damage, where the car will actually drop down and, you know, the fender will hit and bend, and uh, we've seen... Struts get completely destroyed, and and the center of the strut goes up through the hood or through the fender. Uh, It's been significant and a a big deal. And so, uh, yeah, potholes are a big deal.
1: Yeah, for sure. By the way, Trooper Tony mentioned to me that he's going to make an appointment. He's going to be seeing you this week for an oil change. I don't think it's on his squad car. I think it's on his personal car. Well, so,
0: we, I can do a squat car too. You we could probably actually, do both. We actually do quite a few of those. Yeah, uh, do you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, hang on, Dan. We'll take his quick break and uh, invite our listeners to join in before it gets too late. Yeah, yeah. If you have any issues with your car, your truck, your van, call us in Texas and ask Dan any kind of a car care question you have in mind. Six five one. 461 49 degrees now in the Twin Cities. I think we hit our high of 50 for the day. Stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. This is the 15th of April. We are in the midst of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here along with ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns, who you can find at Lloyd's Automotive exactly where they are on Grand. Dan? Well,
0: thanks for asking, Denny. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net. Or give us a call. 651-228-1316. 651-228-1316.
1: And we will get you that information before Dan leaves us this morning, which is about 745 or so. So if you have any kind of a, a car care question, by all means, we'd love to hear from you if uh, you want to chat with Dan on the phone or send a text, whichever is easier. Same number, 651 461 Bunch of text messages, Dan. Here's one. Dexter says, I was driving my uh, a 2002 Maxima last week when I experienced an engine stall. The car did restart, got back home. I had the car towed to a repair shop. Uh, evidently, we'll need a new oil sensor, camshaft, and something to do with the valve gasket covers. Uh, the question is, what are other causes that would result in an engine stall while driving? Oh, well, there's a big question. And would yeah. you recommend replacing the car 120,000 miles on this, uh, what did I say, 2002 Maxima?
0: Yeah, well, an 02 Maxima with that mileage, uh, whether you keep driving it or someone else keeps driving it, that's up to you. But it's certainly not go, going away. It's a, It's still a good car and we'll stay on the road and, and uh, somebody will keep it going. So I guess my recommendation is always... It might as well be you, and uh, it sounds like uh, I read or I heard there that they put a cam sensor in there, and I'm not sure exactly on that uh, vehicle if that will actually cause a stall. But of the things you described, that's the one thing that would make a difference, in my opinion. That that uh, that uh, they must have scanned your computer, found a, a you know a code in there for that, and done some testing. To find out that the cam sensor's not working right but but at any rate uh it sounds like they've zeroed in on it some of the stuff i think what they're recommending for you is maintenance they want to fix some leaks uh that they're uh, you know that they see and so uh it sounds like they're gonna take care of that too but uh i don't know it's probably still a really good car and i think you probably should just keep uh you should probably get it fixed And keep driving it. It'll probably serve you for a long time yet.
1: Yeah. When you think about uh, years ago when you and I were doing the show, 120,000 miles on a vehicle kind of was a lot. But these days, it's not really a lot, is it?
0: No, it's really not. It's, uh, you know, 200 is very common. And as much as they cost, we kind
1: of need them to go 200,000 miles to get our money's
0: worth out of them. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Texter says this, I bought a Ford Explorer new in 2018. The battery failed in December of 2021. The service person at the dealership told me the battery had a bad cell. The new battery failed in March of this year. Same dealership told me this battery also had a bad cell. They also made some adjustment to the computer to change when it shuts down various electrical components. Texter says, should I be concerned about this? Love your show. Thank you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I would be a little bit concerned about two batteries in a row with the same failure. Uh, I, I guess I would not worry about it for today. I think uh, we'll assume that it was just a coincidence that you got two bad batteries. But uh, I would say on the third time around, if the battery fails, I probably would try a different brand and uh, and see if that'll take care of it. I can't think of anything on the car that would actually be causing one of the cells in a battery to fail. But uh, so I think that uh, it's just a you got unlucky and got two bad batteries in a row. And and uh, I think it probably is going to be just fine now.
1: Uh, This probably is not the same case, but I remember in very previous shows that we've done and you've uh, addressed Uh, that maybe there were some lights on in vehicles that you didn't know that there was this drainage that we were uh, unaware of. Does that still happen? Do you still see that in vehicles?
0: Very, very common. It's a parasitic draw. It's a draw that stays on when it's not supposed to, you know, from all sorts of things. The radio, a a computer that's supposed to shut down and isn't shutting down, and uh, there's all sorts of things that can cause it. They can be tricky to find for sure uh to to see where the draw is coming from but it's a very simple test to and we do it every time we do you know anything battery or or charging system related but the test is testing for a draw like that to be sure that there isn't one and uh but if there is then it just takes patience to find out where that draw is coming from and then take care of it and uh, and
1: uh, get you back on the road. Yeah. Uh, good morning. I'm looking at another text. Twice this week, Texture says, my gas gauge stayed on empty. Once I got going, it went up to full. Never happened before. Should I go check it out? What would cause that? It's a 2017 Honda Accord, 65,000 uh, miles on it. Uh, that comes from Mary from Minnetonka.
0: Yeah. Well, Mary, there's a sensor in your gas tank that uh has a float on it and it measures the uh quantity of gas the amount of gas that's in your car and then through the wiring harness it sends a signal up to the gauge that you're looking at and somewhere either in one of those components or in the wiring in between uh something's not working right and uh seems like if you drive a little bit and things move around and slosh around or whatever, it makes a difference and it comes back to life. So, uh, you know, I, I think a gas gauge is important and uh, we seem to lose track of how much gas we have in our car if the gauge isn't working accurately. And uh, so I think that, I mean, for me, yes, I certainly would take it in and uh, tell them you're having this trouble and, and see what they can do to repair it. But, but uh, that would certainly be up to you. It, it, the gas gauge itself is never going to make the vehicle stall. So, it, I mean, it's safe to drive that way. But but I like an accurate gas gauge. So oh, I yeah. probably would get that fixed.
1: Very good. Dan, we need to take a break. Just a reminder to our listeners, Dan will be here for about another 15 minutes or so. So don't wait. If you have any kind of a car care question, we'd love to hear from you, either by phone or by text. So call us or text us at 651 461 9226, here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. We are here every Saturday. Thanks to folks like Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We get underway a little bit after 7 o'clock every Saturday. And Dan, as usual, we have a bunch of callers and a bunch of texters as well. So let's put you back to work here. Uh, Let's get back to the phone. Russell's calling in, I believe, from Burnsville this morning. Thanks, Russell. What's your question for Dan? Good morning, guys. Great show, as always. Thanks for taking my call. I have uh, read and heard a lot about uh, solutions that you add to your gasoline that clean your catalytic converter. I guess my question is, is, is this a necessary thing, or is this just marketing and promotion? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure uh, what their intent is with it, but a catalytic converter is designed uh, to be uh, operated without help of you cleaning it. It's actually operates on with you know with high temperatures, and uh, that's how it works. And uh, I've never seen in any of the maintenance schedules, from the manufacturer where they recommend cleaning your catalytic converter. So uh, I'm not sure if it's, I I doubt if it's necessary, and uh, I'm not sure if it's good for the vehicle or not. Uh, I'd have to do some more research on that, but I guess I would go with, I've, you know, my position has always been, let's do what the manufacturer recommends. They uh, designed the car, they engineered the car, and they know how to keep it running. And and uh, pretty much I'm willing to just stick with that.
1: Yeah. Here, Uh Let's see. Thanks, Russell. Good question, though. Rick is calling in from Chisago, uh, I believe, uh, this morning. Uh, Rick, thank you. What's your question for Dan? I got um, a few gallons of uh, antifreeze. up have been hanging around my garage for about 15, 20 years. That's still good to use.
0: Well... I don't, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if it's ethylene glycol, and I'm not sure if that breaks down over time. One thing that you could do for sure is, you know, mix it in the the 50 percent 50% antifreeze fifty percent water uh, mixture that you're supposed to uh, uh, do. And then you you can bring it into any shop. Everybody has the the tester for testing the strength of the antifreeze and have it tested. And uh, the, you know the, the that will certainly tell you if it will protect and uh, keep the coolant from freezing, uh, which is the purpose of it. What it doesn't won't tell us is over 15 years or however long it's been. Uh, are the additives, the anti-corrosive stuff, still good in it? And that's the part I wouldn't know about, and I don't think anybody would know about. So I don't know. I probably, you know, for the cost of what it is, I probably wouldn't use it. But uh, if you want to, if you want to mix it up and have it tested, you certainly can do that. That's easy to do. All right.
1: Good. Uh, Richard uh, is calling in from uh, Eden Prairie this morning on the show. Richard, what is your question? Thanks for calling.
2: Well, good morning, guys. Thanks for the great show. Um, I have a 2005 Infiniti. It's a G35 with a six-speed. Um, the car has only been driven for 14,000 miles, so it's got real low miles. Um, and the car runs fantastic, um, I only drive it in the summertime, and I only put on about, oh, maybe less than 1,000 miles in the summer. The question is, well, the the car has never had any of its fluids changed. Um, The car has been in storage for a long time uh, in a heated garage, and it was driven for, uh, you know, um, every, uh, every two weeks they took it out of the storage and they drove it. So it did get driven. But for a very few number of miles, my question is, in terms of change of fluids with this car at this age, um, what should be changed, and are there any particular things that I need to note um, as far as uh, changing fluids um, and are certain fluids more important to change than others
0: yeah well i would uh, I would turn to your the maintenance schedule that's in the glove box and um... You know, oftentimes in there they'll tell you to do it every so many months or so many miles. But at any rate, uh, I would look at that and just use common sense and decide if, uh, if it's appropriate to change any of the fluids that they recommend changing. A lot of them, they won't even recommend changing. Uh, you know, a lot of fluids are lifetime fluids and and uh, I'm willing to go with that. I think that's a good idea. If it doesn't need to be changed, don't. Um, and the only thing uh, note I would make, make for you is that uh, if you're going to change any of the fluids, make sure that you put the exact fluid back in it uh, so that uh, you know the, the, the car the additive packages and all those things in the fluid, uh, you want to make sure that they're still in there uh, if you change them. So, yeah, I would just look at the maintenance schedule and kind of figure out from there uh, what fluids they recommend, and then uh, and then come up with a schedule for yourself and and uh, start working on that. If uh, if they recommend changing any of the fluids, certainly oil and uh, I'm not sure. Like I was going to say oil and coolant, but I'm not even sure if they recommend changing coolant. Probably not. So, uh, you know, see what they recommend and and follow that.
1: Okay. Texter says this, Dan, it's a 2014 Edge. The check engine light comes on and goes mostly off. The code is catalytic converter not efficient. Should I be concerned, is their question. Well,
0: yeah, you should be concerned. That should be taken care of. Um, What's wrong is the catalytic converter is not doing the job that it was designed to do and this is a common repair we see this all the time and and uh the fix is probably going to be that the catalytic converter will need to be replaced which is going to bum me out because they can sometimes get a little bit expensive but uh yeah that should that should be repaired the fact that the light comes and goes means that the uh catalytic converter is kind of right on the bubble it's Not failed enough to keep the light on all the time, but when it goes through its self test, sometimes it fails, sometimes it passes, and then it turns the light on and off based on that. So, you know, it's not an emergency situation. It doesn't need to be fixed today or, you know, it's not going to cause the vehicle to stall or anything like that. But uh, long term, you should start planning for that and get that repaired.
1: Okay. I think we have time for maybe one more, Dan. I want to alert our listeners. We had an abundance of text messages uh, this morning. Let's do this. I'll save some that we don't get to, and we'll open up the show next week with those very text messages. Sound like a deal? Great idea. All right. Uh, Here's one, though, before we uh, let you go. 2013 Ford F-150, the radiator fan seems to have a turbo speed when it's warm outside it runs at regular speed most of the year now that we have summer weather again at least did it kicks into a turbo speed and if i'm going through a drive through i have to actually shut the truck off so they're able to hear me uh, the gauges all look normal and it's not overheating what do you think the problem is any guesses yeah
0: i think i'd have a you know have someone have a professional put an ear on that uh, maybe the fan is failing and uh, it's louder than it's supposed to be but but uh, uh, the vehicle is designed to have that turbo speed, and you need it. Uh, so don't do anything to disable that turbo speed because uh, uh, it needs that air running through there to keep it cool on a hot day. Um, but if it's louder than you think it should be, and you know, there are different things that can cause it uh, to be loud, uh, maybe you should take it in and have that checked, and and uh, see if somebody thinks that it's normal or not. Uh, obviously, it's still working, but a fan motor can do that. Where they'll, when they're turning, uh, you know, if a bearing or something is going bad, and it it'll uh, it'll make a lot more noise than it's supposed to, and uh, maybe you have something like that going on.
1: All right. Dan, we're plumb out of time. Let's uh, do this again next week. And in the meantime, for folks that uh, maybe need some help uh, from uh, you and uh, the crew, the guys at Lloyd's, how do we get in touch with you guys?
0: Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net. Or give us a call, 651 228 one, six.
1: I know we'll be doing that very thing, and we'll probably see you this week.
0: Sounds good, Denny.
1: All right, thanks very much. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Stay tuned next for Jack Farrell's Wine Chat here, and then get those lawn and garden questions ready uh, for the 8 o'clock hour on Newstalk 830 WCCO.